Good morning. morning. Welcome to Zion on this fifth Sunday of Easter. First, before we begin, just a note on our service this morning. So our final hymn is a new one to our congregation. So I don't think we've ever sung it before. Uh, So just be aware of that and give it your best shot and we will all learn it together. Uh, You'll notice in your bulletin that there's an insert about a church work day this coming Saturday. So if you're able to make it and to help out, that would be much appreciated as we work on some chores that need to get done in and around the church. Uh, Finally, in the bulletin, you'll notice that confirmation is coming up. It will be June 5th, Pentecost Sunday, not July, but June. We have two confirmands this year, so plan to be here that Sunday uh, to worship and in support of them. Are there other announcements or other prayer requests for the congregation this morning? If not, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and your minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and we have for ourselves. And we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by what we have undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord 
Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. God, you teach us that without love, our actions gain nothing. Pour into our hearts your most excellent gift of love that made alive by your spirit, we may know goodness and peace through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Our first reading today is a reading from Acts. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane 
or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean you must not call profane. This happened three times, then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent me sent to me from Caesarea, arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as, I be, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I, that I could hinder God. When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The word of the Lord. And we will sing the psalm. The second reading is from Revelations. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. 
and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. Children, I invite you to come forward. Have you ever tried to see your reflection in a spoon? Have you ever tried it? A couple times, yeah. Do you think I get a really good reflection when I do this? No? I can sort of see myself though, right? Like I can sort of, it's kind of fuzzy. Here, you all try. Have you ever tried? Lift it up, do you see yourself? A little bit? Yeah. Is it a clear picture? Not exactly, right? You'd probably want a better mirror than that if you were going to go to school in the morning, but... All right, but... Here, Magda, could you lift it up and see? Here, come on in. Do you see yourself? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that idea of like a fuzzy picture. There is a picture there, and it's very clearly me, but it's not a complete, full picture. And so I was thinking about that when we heard our reading from the book of Revelation this morning. So one thing that Christians absolutely believe and that we hold on to is that there's life beyond death, right? That there is a heaven and that God is going to raise us all up to be together in this heaven, right? And so what we have in this life is just a beginning to what God is going to give us in the next. But I was thinking we get some details about it, but it's still kind of fuzzy. Right, we don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like. 
And maybe that's because words can't describe how wonderful it's going to be. But we don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like. But we do have kind of a fuzzy picture that scripture gives us, something that we can hold on to. And so that's what our reading this morning was all about. And in that reading, we hear that heaven is a place where there are no more tears. There's no more saying goodbye, there's no more loss, there's no more pain. It even says there's no more death, there's only life. And then most of all it says, God will live with us and among us. God will be in our presence and we will be in his presence. Right? And wherever God is, there's only goodness and there's only life and there's only light. There's no darkness at all. There's nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be worried about. Right? And so that's what we hold on to as our hope as Christians. Right? That a day is coming when all is going to be made new, all is going to be light and life and goodness, and we're going to be in the presence of God. And so we live this life holding on to that truth. Even if we don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like, God promises that it's going to be good. So we hold on to that. Let's pray. Lord, teach us to hold on to you. And to know that you have good for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, through the Sundays of Easter, we have gotten readings from the book of Revelation. And so Revelation often gets thought of as just a mysterious book about the end times, a book that one has to decipher and figure out, or maybe not even read it all because it's just too hard. But I want to start with this idea that Revelation is not simply a book we have to decipher about the end times. Rather, it's a book given to us that reveals a reality that may not be obvious to the world. And so the visions given to St. John in the book of Revelation address the question of what is really real. What is really going on in the world? And what is this world going to come to? Our reading this morning then comes near the end of the book of Revelation, and of course also the end of the Bible. And we get this beautiful picture, this beautiful story of what is to come. What is this life, what is this world going to come to? And even in this passage, we get almost a sort of mission statement from God. God, who is seated on the throne, says, See, I am making all things new. Well, that's the end point of history for us Christians. It's that God is making all things new. All things will be made new. The age that we currently live in, I think it's obvious, is one that two ages exist in conflict. So, there's this present evil age that we live in, which sin has dominion. But also, as a church, as Christians, we believe there's also a new creation, which was started by the incarnation, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. And so we live in this time that's kind of an already, not yet. We are already new creatures in Christ. But not yet are we entirely free from sin. We live in an age in which Christ has triumphed over death, but not yet 
Are we free from the pain of loss? We live in an age in which God makes himself present for us in word and sacrament, but not yet do we see him face to face. And so when we read Revelation 21, we should note that it's describing our future hope, that which is yet to come, but which has been started in Christ. It is pointing to the culmination of what God has begun in Christ. And so Revelation, in Revelation 21, John points to a new creation as the goal of God's redemptive purpose. The resurrection of the faithful in this text is joined with the resurrection of the world. In fact, verse 1 of what we read says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. All right, the vision we are given of what God is doing encompasses all of creation. So God's final purpose for us is not just for us to die and to be happy souls in heaven. We don't become angels when we die. We don't float around on a cloud or something like that. Rather, the image, the story that we're given is that God is going to make everything new. So God is going to make our bodies new. He's going to make the earth itself new. God is going to redeem all of creation. Everything that has been touched by sin, it awaits redemption. And so to understand this and to understand the Bible, we have to go back to the beginning. You'll remember in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve sin in Eden, that humanity and creation are cursed. They're touched by sin. In Genesis 3, God says to Adam, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Creation itself, the earth itself, becomes part of our mortality. In this life we work the ground with all the toil and pain that comes along with that work. At the end of our lives, we realize that we also will be joined to this very ground, and our bodies themselves will become part of the earth. And so all of our work becomes a reminder of our mortality. In fact, even what we eat is entirely connected to death because everything that dies returns to the ground out of which our food comes. Life and death are mingled together in this age. We cannot live without being touched by death. The good news, the gospel is that God says no more. God says there is coming a day when he is going to make all things new. And in fact, he has already started in Christ. He is going to make a new creation in which the earth, the earth itself is no longer cursed. He is going to make a new creation in which the earth is no longer cursed by death, where our labor will only be joyful and productive. The earth will no longer be a place where death and life are mingled together, but it will only be a place of life. And that is the hope of the vision that we're given. In the new creation, there's an absence of powers that oppose God and that diminish life. 
we see that in the new creation, there will be no sin, no death, no crying, no pain, no mourning. God promises to wipe away every tear, and he says that death will be no more. Death and all that opposes God, all that opposes the goodness of creation, are going to be destroyed. And just as a new creation is marked by the absence of anything that might oppose God, the new creation is marked with the full presence of God. Verse 3 says, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and be their God. In other words, no longer will God be hidden away from us in any way. Right now, God comes to us through his word. He uses preachers, mere men and women, to come to us. He uses bread and wine to come to us. He uses the waters of baptism to come to us. And God comes to us in this age through means of creation. He uses imperfect men and women. He uses common bread. He uses common wine. He uses plain water. And through these things, God brings us his word and his promise as the Holy Spirit opens our hearts to receive them. But there's coming a day when we will not know God just through preaching, just through sacraments, but we will know him face to face. In 1 Corinthians, St. Paul puts it like this. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Life in this age is not yet perfect. In this life, we do grow in faith. We do begin to show the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We begin to understand just how good God is and how much he loves us. But there's coming a day when this will be completed in us. When there won't be good days and bad days, there won't be victories and losses, there won't be joy and pain, rather, there will only be God. There will only be good days, there will only be victories, there will only be joy, and we will dwell in the presence of God. We will live with him face to face. And what happens when you see God face to face? Well, you yourself will be made entirely new. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis, they knew they could not face God and they tried to hide themselves. But now, in that new creation, you will be able to face God and you will not face him as a sinner, but Revelation tells us we will face him as a child, as a friend. And all that we know, all of the pain and loss that we've known in this life will be transformed in his goodness. And God and Jesus Christ is making all things new. He's making all things new, including your pain and your tears. He's transforming them into glory. But most of all, and most fundamentally, he is making you a new creature. In Jesus Christ, he is dwelling with you forever. He is making you new along with all of creation. Amen.
Together let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten of not made, of the one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Now let us pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. Lord of heaven and earth, in the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus, you have given the promise of our own resurrection. As we await the last day, calm our hearts and strengthen our faith through all of our sorrows. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you have fashioned the church as a heavenly bride for your risen Son. Grant her your spirit that she may always listen to his voice and ever declare his message of salvation to this world. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, lead your people in your steadfast love and guide them in strength to your holy abode. Sanctify our homes. Be the companion of those who live alone and make all our households places in which your wisdom and grace are found. Lord, in your mercy. Eternal Lord, you hold all people accountable for the responsibilities you have given them. Bless our President Joseph and our Governor Richard Michael. Bless our Congress and legislatures and all judges and magistrates. Guide them to serve according to your will for the common good of all. Raise up those with heroic virtue who will defend our liberty and protect those who defend us in the armed forces, even as you give peace to the nations. Lord, in your mercy. O Alpha and Omega, you pledge to bring all things to their perfect consummation. You will bring heaven to earth and banish sorrow, sin, and death. Sustain those now in tribulation and any kind of trouble, especially Eli, Denny, Steve, Dick, Nancy, Kelly, Becky, Steve, Ray, Melissa, Marilyn, Landon, Nancy, Mike, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, and Barb. By the comfort of your holy word, increase their faith and see them through their trials. 
Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Compassionate Lord, you have given us bread for the body and Christ the bread of life. Prepare us now to receive with faith and thanksgiving his flesh for the life of the world and his blood that cleanses us from all sin. Unite us that we may believe and confess one faith and bring us to that day when we shall be one people together at the table of our Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we wait for the second coming of your Son. Grant us patience as we long to see him, and even now give us joy at his presence with us through the sacrament. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, dear Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again, and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who in dying has destroyed death, 
and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all of their creatures and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting, and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth from the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safely through the sea. Praise to you for leading your people through the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. Praise to you for the words and deeds of Jesus, your anointed one. Praise to you for the death and resurrection of Christ. Praise to you for your spirit poured out on all nations. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. With this bread and cup, we remember our Lord's Passover from death to life, and we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. O God of resurrection and new life, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine. Bless this feast and grace our table with your presence. Reveal yourself to us in the breaking of the bread. Raise us up as the body of Christ for the world. Breathe new life into us. Send us forth burning with justice, peace, and love. And with your holy ones of all times and places, with the earth and all its creatures, with sun, moon, and stars, we praise you, O God, blessed and holy trinity, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
Peace. Serve the Lord.